Broadcasting across campus and online. This is Phantom Radio. Welcome to Phantom Radio's Midweek Sports Show with me, Kieran Morrison. And me, Alfie Dickey. Coming up, we talk the weekend Premier League highlights. Get an interesting update on the managerial career of Pascal Chimbonda at United. And let's find out a little more about your host's life after a design for life.
And that's the Manic Street Preachers there to kick us off. That we thought, after last week, we sort of realised that we never really introduced ourselves to you all. So why not give you a bit of a quick-fire quiz to get to know us? So obviously, I'm Alfie Dickin, and uh, that's Kieran Morrison. Yep, that's me. And uh, I'm going to interrogate you a bit, Kieran, okay. to find out a bit more about you. Ooh. So we've just got what your name is. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Hungerford in West Berkshire. And what's your specialist subject? No, sorry. <laughs> Who do you support? <laughs> I support Arsenal. And Hungerford Town. Big shout out to my non-league team. Of course. have to have a non-league team by the side of that if you support such a massive club like Arsenal as well, definitely. Who is your favourite artist? Musically, uh, take that. I mean, if you want to save Picasso, then glad <laughs> to do that. What is the last gig you went to? Uh, Dua Lipa in Nottingham. What's your favourite colour? Purple. Wow, the same to be fair. You thought it was going to be red, didn't you? Uh, what, because of us? Yeah, yeah, to be fair enough. Or just really like bloodshed. Who knows? <laughs> Not really. Favourite film? Two answers here. Favourite film in terms of production would have to be Titanic, but in terms of like a sequel of films, Toy Story. So does that mean you're a fan of Celine Dion? Uh, I do like that song. Fair enough. We, we, we all love that song. If you don't love wailing that song out, yeah. are you mildly tipsy on a Saturday night? Then what's wrong with you? Premier League or non-league? Ooh, non-league probably. You can have beer by the pitch. You, you, you pretty much know everyone at Hungford Town so you have a chat with your mates so I'd probably say for actual experience non-league although I will say football is better in the Premier League it's been your best uni experience very vague and wide question here. obviously we're based at uh, the University of Derby we are great university we've got to give a shout out put out the praise uh, probably be good when I went to Wembley went in the press box Wembley Stadium and reported on England women beating USA women last season should probably establish before my next question what course we're both on. Uh, we're on football journalism. Well, there you go. Wonderful. Yeah. So, in that case, what's your dream job? Well, in terms of football journalism, it'd be match reporting, probably. Probably doing a, a Henry Winter and just going around the grounds and basically going to any match you want to and just reporting on it. But well, outside of football. But actual dream job has to be has to be presenting the chase. And as we're doing a radio... Being a presenter on Radio 2. Presenting the chase and doing oh, a Radio 2 show. That'd be perfect, Which chase did you reckon you'd get on with most? Well, I've met Paul Sinner. Uh, so so he'd probably go Paul, yeah. He's pretty good, to be fair. Not to Lovely guy. Big up other radio stations, but he's got a good podcast on uh, Radio 4. He does, yeah. Listen to that after this show, obviously, because <laughs> we are so much better. Uh, what other question do I have? A favourite holiday? I don't know whether that means, like, Christmas or, like, time of the year or... Going on holiday. Interpret uh, it how you will. I, well, I interpret it as going on holiday. So I think the best holiday I've ever been on is was when I went to Porto because it was just me, and my grandma, and granddad. So you don't have, you don't have your mum or dad there. It was absolutely perfect. And we went round Porto FC. It's the only time I've been on holiday and gone round a, a football stadium, apart from when I actually watched football in Munich in March, which was another pretty big highlight. Oh, well, there we go. We we know a lot more about Kieran now. So is it your turn to interrogate me? Is that what's uh, happening now? Yeah. Or do we want to go to a song? I don't mind. Should we actually, while you reach for some questions to ask me, we're going to let S Club 7 reach for the stars.
Hello and welcome back. Uh, so now, Alfie, I'm going to interrogate you so listen to a little bit more about uh, about your life. Great, wonderful, so, I look forward to it. So your name is obviously... Alfie Dickie. And where are you from? I am from Leap. Flash Stoke. Who do you support? Stoke. Any non-league team? Uh, Yeah, League Town if if I'm there. And also I've done a few things with Sheffield FC in the past, so quite like Yeah, who's your favourite artist? Who would you want to go see live? Favourite artist? Always been a big fan of Oasis, who we'll be hearing a bit from later. Uh, But big fan of 80s music. Currently on a bit of a wham kick, having to dance around the kitchen to wake me up before you go. That kind of vibe, so... (laughs) What's the uh, best football match you've ever been to? I answered this question on a podcast about Stoke City that I was on and it got a lukewarm response because Stoke lost. Uh, but it was a good game. Stoke against Liverpool in like 2014, which is a crazy mental choice. And but it's what I chose on that podcast. And even though I sort of mildly regret it because people came up to me and told me I was nuts afterwards. I genuinely quite enjoyed the game, just because I was there with my family and we all enjoyed it. So, you know, I'm sticking with it. No, that that is a good one. Uh, A football stadium you want to visit? Anywhere abroad, really. Um, I quite like the idea of going to... I mean, I've been to Berlin over the summer and sort of only went outside the Olympic Stadium. I'd love to have gone inside and actually seen a match, I suppose. Or... Anywhere in Europe, really. San Siro, that seems like the big one, isn't it, really? Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, Favourite sport other than football? I like throwing darts at a dartboard occasionally. I also like watching it because the commentators are, yeah, a bit crazy and wild and have a lovely turn of phrase occasionally and really know how to hype up just some men and women throwing arrows at a board for hours on end. Sounds quite boring in principle, but the people shouting about it, love it. Uh, is there anything on your bucket list that you want to more you want to do? Again, travel, I suppose, is the main thing. I think, uh, like most people, the whole, I wanted to be a footballer when I was younger thing. That was thrown out the window as soon as I was like five and realised I could barely keep up with other people on a pitch and did not have the stamina to go for 90 minutes. <laughs> Or a yard, never mind a whole pitch. So, therefore, not really in terms of that. Not that bothered, but just want to travel and see the world. Why not? Anywhere in particular, travelling? Again, like Germany, like a bit of Italy. Um, Go somewhere that's a bit scary to go to. So, you know, if you go to, like, Europe, and you can sort of read what's happening and you know the language. Whereas if you went to, like, Asia and had no idea what any signs said and didn't know where you were going. Japan. Yeah, maybe somewhere a bit yeah. daunting, that but exciting at the that. same time. Yeah, why not? Uh, favourite book? Favourite book? I have no idea about my favourite What a great book. question. But I know, <laughs> I'm more of an audiobook kind of guy, okay. and I've just finished listening to David Mitchell's audiobook, which is a load of his Guardian columns, but he's very funny, so I would suggest it. Uh, favourite drink? Favourite drink? Well, I've currently got water by me, which is the most boring drink of them all. But if I'm in a shop and I need a drink, I'll always grab for the Oasis summer fruits. Oh, what if, an if you're out on the town, no, you can't have an Oasis, so what would you have? Oh, uh, gin and lemonade, I think, generally. 
I thought you were going to say a cocktail. I thought you were a cocktail guy. Cocktail guy. Cocktails are too expensive on my student budget, I would argue. But anyway, this is a sports show, by the way. Yeah. So we will get onto the sports. Sports people you. can drink. That is uh, true. Uh, what would you be doing if you weren't studying football journalism? Um, being confused about what I'd be doing, because no one knows the answer to these things in life. I don't know where I'm going from one day to the next. The only reason I'm here is because I clicked or I apply on a web page a few years ago. That was an entirely <laughs> random decision. So wherever I end up, I'm grand. Mm, that is a tough question for most students, too fair. Yeah, that is true. But after that tough line of questioning, let's move on to our first sports story, shall we? Last week, we brought you news that Pascal Chimbonda, the former Spurs and Sunderland and various other clubs used to play for them, has now moved into a new managerial position with Skelmersdale United. I knew I'd trip on that. Skelmersdale United. Do you want to tell us a bit about how it's going, Keenan? It it wasn't the greatest start, was it, for uh, Chimbonda? He lost his first game in charge 3-1. against Kendall Town, it was. Uh, This... When he joined Skelmersdale, he made the news as a former professional footballer going down to, I believe, the ninth tier in the pyramid to go and have yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a manage and see what he could do down there. And he said he wanted to manage like Pep Guardiola. <laughs> that was the main wow. quote that we brought you last week. And let's tell you how He's it went, further. shall we? <laughs> well, he obviously lost three-one in his first game against Kendall Town, and. At times, apparently during the match, he said uh, to the opposition manager, if you can make 10 passes, I'll give you 10 quid. And that's because they were playing long ball football against his team and he wasn't happy about that. Again, his team lost, but he was moaning about the fact that the opposition's style of play wasn't good enough for him. Mm. Maybe a lesson learned about not being a purist. Yeah, focus on your, your own team as well. Don't worry about the opposition. If you're such a good manager as well, shouldn't be... Uh worrying about the opposition's direct style of play. But he's um, he says uh, to Kendall's chairman, Michael O'Neill, he's promised to buy him a steak dinner if Skelmersdale do not win the uh, reverse fixture, the reverse league fixture in late December. <laughs> so he's happy to put a steak dinner on the line yeah. here for this. Uh, is courage. your football the quality yeah. of a sirloin steak? Well, if so, this guy thinks so, because he's putting it all on the line. And apparently, basically, he's given himself until about December to improve. Otherwise, he's paying up to the chairman of uh, Kendall Town. But not not the best start, I'd say. After no. last week, we were saying, good on him going down to that level. Yeah. Sounds to me a bit like he wasn't really prepared for what was going to hit him. No, probably probably not. But I'd still say fair play to him for going down there. Um, and we'll keep up with his progress and see if he can improve that side over the next few games. Well, some might say we'll keep you updated on that. And so would o- Oasis. This is Some Might Say by Oasis.
Now, we've all been experiencing the quite drastic weather around the country recently, especially here in Derby. Parts of the city being flooded. And sport is affected by weather, as we all know. And unfortunately, we've all had that experience of a game called off or a particularly wet and windy and cold night that maybe you didn't quite as enjoy because you're freezing yourself. Uh, But recently, uh, we've got a story to tell you about Rotherham, haven't we? Yeah, well, at the weekend, Rotherham v Ipswich in the Championship, the Friday night game on Sky Sports, was postponed uh, under three hours before kickoff, and that is a long journey for those fans, and I feel for them. So you're coming from Ipswich, well, not you, yeah. but imagine a person, whoever the hell well, would be we an have Ipswich, an Ipswich fan. fan in our yeah, cast, don't exactly. we? Gone imagine an Ipswich yeah. fan travelling all the way up from Suffolk. You're on a train. Trains are a nightmare anyway. Oh, the amount of trains I've been on probably. recently that have been yeah. cancelled. You're trying to figure out the way to get up there, and... As you say, because of the rain, already a massively strenuous task to try and figure out how you're going to travel because a lot of cancellations. You figured that out. You're either you're driving, you're making your way there three hours before kickoff, postponed. Mm. That's not enough notice, is it? No, it's not enough. I saw on Twitter someone got to Nottingham and then they had to get a taxi from Nottingham Sheffield, which cost them 80 quid, and then the game was postponed, and then they're stuck in uh, Sheffield for the night. See, there's this thing at non-league level that I've been mildly made aware of previously where some clubs who want to be a bit mm, a bit difficult, let's say, with their opponents may delay the kick-off or postpone at the last minute just to be a bit difficult. I'm we'll looking at you, Truro City. You think Truro City will do anything. They, they will do anything to get a game on Tuesday night to make a team travel because, well, their nearest game is about two and a half hours away. So the majority of the teams have to travel like four or five hours just to get there. So, so for yeah. various reasons, some teams may want that to happen. But how much consideration, especially at this level where tickets for these matches and the amount of travel you've got to do, because it's not like a local league where everything's within an hour or so. This is, you know... The championship. So there's a lot of travel involved here. How little thought is going into these fans' pockets and how much is splashing out for these things? I think it's probably more Sky Sports and Rotherham here. I think Sky Sports would have wanted that game to have gone ahead on Friday night. So I think it's a little bit more them than Rotherham. But of course, we we obviously saw last year that, that video of when the Rotherham groundsman basically put the water back on the pitch against Cardiff to get the game postponed. So I don't think they've got much credibility in the bank there. It's weird, isn't it? Because (laughs) obviously the weather is something that you just cannot control at all. But when a pitch is waterlogged like that, what are you supposed to do about it? Not much. But surely, if it's waterlogged, you're going to have seen that earlier in the day and go, well, that's not going to fix itself before what was it, quarter to eight or whenever kickoff was. So it's got to be off. Make that decision early in the day. Stop mucking around, mucking, Mm. around with the fans for no reason. Fair play to um, Altrincham this weekend. I was supposed to be going there to watch their game against Dorking and they postponed the game the the day before. And that was really good because obviously the Dorking fans would have had a a really long trip and that would have been a tough one to take with an hour or two before kickoff, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I quite imagine. But yeah, nice when people think of others as opposed yeah. to just themselves first. Again, I don't want to throw any accusations out there. But I don't know. Sometimes it just feels I'd be very like... surprised if anyone from Truro City is listening to this. So well, no, I think I'm fine. But hey, let's give them a right to reply. <laughs> if you are listening to this yeah, yeah, and true. want yeah. to tell us how wrong Kieran is, then go ahead. Well. But I wasn't throwing an accusation at anyone <laughs> specifically, but I do know it happens. Bit of gamesmanship, yeah. which you know we do. Like. To be fair, my club Hungford Town did postpone a game once ten minutes before kickoff at home St Albans. That might be the most ludicrous thing. Yeah, ever. ten minutes. Before, ten what's the reason? Waterlogged pitch. So, oh. the, well, the pitch had passed a pitch inspection earlier in the day, and then after the players had warmed up and everything, the referee went back out there and postponed the game. Sorry, did you just? really rain 15 minutes before kickoff and then the ref started going oh this is too much now yeah. that's wild you can't postpone but, that close i know you well do hungerford play you... a nice style of football <laughs> you've never been to hungerford then have you well, we've got no, the right. worst pitch well one of the worst pitch i'd say in the league well i was it's just wondering if maybe they no, we don't. may benefit from a wet because imagine no. if you're coming up against someone who plays slick football on the ground, maybe having a bit of a yeah. you know bumpy wet pitch we're, where uh, the ball doesn't go was we're, quite helpful. Mm, we're unbeaten at home this season, and we've always picked up most of our points at home. And uh, we, we struggle on four G pitches when the team when the opposition can play a bit of football. So I think we definitely use home advantage well. I'm sorry, that, that I, I can't concentrate on the conversation we're having because you just told me that's happened 10 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> I cannot imagine how annoyed no. I would be as a St Albans fan. Oh, they're rich enough, though. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Fair enough. If that's your, uh, your well, critique. I, I once got to Essex when Concord v Hungerford was called off, so I've been on the other end of it. And I, But I did end up going to Colchester v Luton. Instead, in, instead in League Two, and so now Luton that, are in the Premier League. Was that better or worse? It was Did, a good game, actually. Oh, fair enough. Two well, two one Colchester. Probably nothing yeah. for you to complain about in that scenario. Well, no, still imagine, sort of family as well. Yeah, I imagine Ipswich fans very annoyed against yeah. Rotherham this weekend. Um, mm. Well, they'll just have to take that, and so will you. Oh, I this. can see the future coming to you, crying with the sadness in your eyes. I can find a faith in days I've wasted Been around enough to feel alive And when the world is broken, hard and cold No one ever knows the reason why For the ones we may become For the battles we have won For the day we reach the sun Gonna play it loud tonight
time now is 20 to 6. You're listening to Phantom Radio, and that was Gino by Dexy's Midnight Runners. Now, one of the uh, stories in the headlines this week is uh, apparently it's rumoured that FA Cup third and fourth round replays could be scrapped and the League Cup semi-final could go to one leg. So, oh, is history disappearing, Alfie? Do we need to keep tradition? (laughs) Is history disappearing? Is that a line you go? So you You can tell this ain't scripted. You are, to be clear, in favour of this, are you? Uh, No, sorry, you're not in favour of them being scrapped. uh, Not the third and fourth round replays for the FA Cup, no. Tell me why. Well, because if a non-league team gets to the third or fourth round, probably the third round, and they get a big draw away from home, or even at home, and they, they manage to draw the game in the 90 minutes, then surely they should be given a replay, given that another big chance, another big money spinner. So the adverse argument to this is there's enough football happening without us generating more football through bad results. So if you get a nil-nil draw and you're a really busy team who get players injured every week, you're just making more football. Tough luck. Well, managers moan and moan and moan about more football happening when they don't want it to and they fixed your calendars congested and blah, blah, blah. Well, this is finally an answer to that, isn't it? And surely that's just saying, we've listened, therefore we're giving you this. A positive thing, surely. (laughs) Well, if League Town got to the third round... Would you not, and they were drawn away from home, would you not want them to draw the game and get a home tie? Well, I'd want them to win. That's the obvious one. Well, yeah, but if they couldn't win. But I suppose, actually, maybe you're right, but the wrong way around there. If they were at home against a big okay, team yeah. and then they got a replay against a bigger team and they'd be away against that big team, they'd get more money for that, wouldn't they? Yeah. So maybe that's the It's helping them then, isn't it? But I don't know. I just feel like too much football already happening. Let's not make more. That's the basis well, of my entire This isn't here. Premier League club, so this is uh, UEFA competition, expanding, you know, the Champions League and, and Europa League. Well, I suppose, what, so you're saying it's not the FA or EFL's fault for these things, so why should we scrap? Well, they both? should put their, their voice forward. Fair enough. How much voice do they have? I don't think they have enough money in this scenario. Also, I feel like, unfortunately, and I disagree with this view, but more people don't care about the League Cup and Mm. even, sadly, the FA Cup anymore, unless you're a team going on a run in it. Yeah, well, Arsenal have only won the League Cup twice, so that that tells you all you need to know, a big club like us haven't won it since the 90s and so we don't care about it so maybe i should enjoy the league cup more than if uh, arsenal haven't won it for ages and also it's the only cup in stoke city's trophy cabinet the league cup 1972 that's the closest you ever got to arsenal speaking of the league or efl cup they are also saying that two-legged uh, cup finals will be scrapped as well in this scenario so mm. not just replays I do quite like the two-legged semi-finals, but... Uh, Didn't they remove um, home advantage or whatever it was? Yeah. A few years. Away goals, but then, that rule was removed. I think I, I do quite like the idea of scrapping it, because, again, if... Uh, and this is going to be, obviously, Premier League team v Premier League team half-time. But, obviously, if, um, you know, Luton were in the same finals and they got Man United, well, they're going to have a chance at home. 
but then you'd probably think, well, even if Luton win the home deck, Man United are gonna gonna come back. Gonna win the away So one. it might just give a bit more variety then. Maybe you are right that it does uh, do you get provide an advantage to the better team. Yeah, but I think so. I don't know. Let's see, shall we? See how these things happen. Because as discussed previously, a lot of football is about money and also people moaning and managers moaning about the yeah. amount of games that need to be played, as we just said. But So if that helps that, I'm all down for it sort of helping teams. But if it mm. doesn't help, then maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, well, the fixture calendar is getting congested, but I don't think scrapping FA Cup replays is the, is the way to go, personally. Well, I don't think we had as fiery a debate yeah. about that as we thought we would, because actually I think we just generally agree that whatever's best for smaller teams. But also, I cannot remember ever going to a replay in a game and then coming out the other side of it happy as a Stoke fan. Maybe it's never oh. happened and I just feel sad about Stoke generally, so that's the emotion I'm going into <laughs> this with. You don't win many games generally. No, exactly. Yeah. So... Maybe that's the answer there. But I just don't yeah. remember having a good experience with a replay in a cup. I mean, if you are someone who remembers that happening, please do get in touch on the social medias at Alfie Dickin on Instagram if you want to send me a DM. I think personally, replays should probably be scrapped the other way around, coming from the non-league teams and then the replays come up in the Later first round. On. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so, because obviously non-league teams, uh, most of them definitely outside the National League, are part-time. So then you're, you're getting play, players who, who have another job to then I go mean, play another game on a Tuesday around, night yeah. at short notice. No, I get that, I suppose. Yeah. You know what? You don't think about, unless you're sort of forced to, you don't think yeah. about the fact that these people have full-time jobs no one thinks at about that, that level. But, you know, he's got, he's got a... He's an electrician and he's got mm. an appointment at that certain time on a Tuesday. And then well, suddenly they go, yeah. you will not do that anymore. You won't take the money well, for Well, that. how easy is it to go to your boss on a Sunday and go, oh, well, we just drew a game yesterday. Can I have Tuesday off? <laughs> you know, we got Truro away and it's a you know, five-hour trip. Yeah. I play for Marine or against <laughs> Spurs tomorrow. I don't, know, uh, I don't know whether you're aware, but they're quite a yeah. big deal. It doesn't so matter if you're a football player. Bosses probably won't give you... A day off two days before or something. Yeah, no, I get that, to be fair. Um, you know, fair enough. I think <laughs> at the end of that, we, we've come to a general consensus that if everyone's happy, we're, we're happy we're with whatever happy. decision's made. How controversial. We're not really being shock jocks here, are we? I don't think we know how uh, other people at other radio stations do it, but hey-ho. Anyway, this is Blondie. <laughs>
You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. Listening to your student radio station. Get involved at phantom-media.co.uk. So we've just listened to Harry Styles and one of his hits, As It Was. Now, let's try and have another debate, shall we? It is rumoured by, uh, well, basically everyone, that uh, Wolves v Chelsea uh, is going to be moved to Christmas Eve. So is this a big deal? We have games on Boxing Day, we have games on... New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, basically every other day of the, of the you know, Christmas calendar apart from Christmas Day and, and Christmas Eve. So is this a big deal, Alfie? So we were just talking about fixtures being postponed, obviously, with the weather there, which is a completely different uh, reason. But, you know, the general gist we came around to was about mucking around with fans and sort of being difficult with them and making things that were already more expensive, more difficult <laughs> Even harder to deal with. Uh, so, a what a fixture on Christmas Eve. You're saying good thing, are you? Well, I'm saying if you give the fans enough notice, 
And I'm not advocating Newcastle v Brighton be put on Christmas Eve. That's that's ridiculous. Because it's too far. Yeah, it's way too far. It'd have to be a local derby. Um, but if fans given enough notice, then it, it's their choice then. A game on Christmas Eve, uh, I'm getting flashbacks. I remember watching that TV show where there was like that family that pretend that they went back in time on like... Was it on ITV? I don't know. But I seem to remember on Christmas Day that they relived Christmas Day and they went out with their wooden... What are them wooden... What, a clacker? What's it called? Something you know, like really old-timey, put a flat cap I know what you on mean. and have a wooden clacker around, put the scarf mm. on. Old-fashioned vibes from the idea of having a game on Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, similar feeling. Is it? What do you do on Christmas Eve, though? Because as you get older, Christmas does... You don't really get excited for Christmas as much as if you're a child. So what, what do you do you at Christmas Eve now? You don't get excited for Santa coming along. Well, I what? still do, but but hey, what do you do on, on Christmas Eve, though, like during the day before That's the night rolls right. in? Uh, what do you do? Generally, people seem to go out, don't they? So maybe you what, are. Why not go and watch a football match at 12 o'clock, come back for 6 o'clock? <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like one of those things where, for some reason, that changed, and we haven't done that for how long? 20-odd years? 30 years? Well, the last Christmas Eve game was 1995. Wow. So, a while ago. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Way. Before we were born. I'd like to know why that decision was made. Like, why are we... Good why point. did that change all of a sudden? Is there some demand oh, that wow. we don't play on Christmas? You know what it is? It's the bit we haven't thought about here. We've just gone, what about the fans? What about the fans? Something we didn't mention earlier. Players. If it's you're a job player... Yeah, but, I mean, I suppose most of them admit that they'll just miss yeah. Christmas anyway. Actually, no, is it good for them? Because if they play on Christmas Eve, then they're not playing on Boxing Day, therefore they can enjoy Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe this is... Maybe oh. we've discovered... That actually brilliant. they should scrap Boxing Day games yeah. altogether and just do Christmas Eve Because if I'm games. a player, I still want to have my roast dinner. Yeah, but Let's they see. don't get that, do they? They sort of eat it at I still weird want to drink. times of the day, don't yeah, get to yeah. drink, wander off at midday to do some oh. training for the game the next day. I couldn't do that. No. it's no. if I mean, to be fair, these people are paid a mighty well, yeah, amount of for money, that money to maybe. do this yeah. stuff. <laughs> so maybe, you know, you, he doth protest too much. But... You know, might be nice to have a Christmas with the fam. Yeah, I, that's a very good point. So yeah. suddenly, again, we're supposed to go on a fiery wow. debate with you, but I just, I don't appear to have it in me to disagree but with you. But to be you fair, though, for the fans, do do trains run on Christmas Eve? Hmm, that's true. Maybe do trains that's... run ever? <laughs> that's also a good question. That's a good question, minute, yeah. Well, yeah, if 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 the infrastructure's there to support it, it actually seems like well, maybe quite we a good idea. We won't get political, but... <laughs> but... Well, why not? Let's say sometimes it's quite annoying when you can't get to a game properly. But, oh, yeah. And especially around Christmas, you know what it's like in this country. If there's a bit of ice somewhere, nothing runs anymore, so maybe it's a bad idea. But I don't know, I quite like evening games, nonetheless. So if it was like Christmas Eve evening, it would be quite a nice atmosphere, to be fair. What's your proposing a game in the evening on Christmas Eve? Yeah, why not? I'm going <laughs> even further, having started this off sort of not I don't think I could advocate for that. It would have to be a midday kickoff. Oh, well, That's all right. Get back in for your mulled wine and mince pies in the evening, before mulled Santa comes. wine and mince pies. Comes down the chimney and delivers your presents. 
Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe an early Christmas present of a win against who is this? Wolves versus Chelsea. Yeah. A win against Chelsea for Gary O'Neill's side. I'm saying that he's going to stay by then because well, he's doing quite a good job. He's doing a good job, job actually. Yep. So, yeah, a win against Chelsea, early Christmas present. Why not? Okay, let's have a bit of Black Sabbath now. <laughs> And that was Black Sabbath there with a rather long song, War Pigs. It was not quite what we expected, was it? <laughs> no, I, I dropped it. I've got to, I'm going to confess I dropped in the wrong song, and that was far too long for my liking. But hey-ho, what can you do? Anyway, let's have a chat now. We did promise you at the start of the show that we'd have a bit of a discussion about the weekend's Premier League fixtures. So, howay, let's go. Uh, what did you watch this weekend? Well, I watched, uh, well, I watched uh, Chelsea v Arsenal, the 5.30 game, and I watched the Super Sunday game, Villa v West Ham. Very nice. Uh, and thoughts on Chelsea-Arsenal? Because Chelsea, mm. at the start of the season, uh, in a position where a lot of people may be writing them off, I've seen far too many really bad Facebook-quality memes about uh, Chelsea being terrible and how sad it all is. Uh, they don't really make a very good joke because, again, they're on Facebook and, you know, your granddad's sharing them or whatever. <laughs> not not amazing. But, yeah, Chelsea under a lot of fire. Yeah, well, I think to be fair to Chelsea, they caught Arsenal on a bad day. And I think um, Richo Pochettino's getting a bit more tune out of his players now and they seem to be playing a bit more as a team. I think Cole Palmer has been... Uh, a really good signing for them. I don't know why Man City let him go. He he was uh, he was excellent. Raheem Sterling's got a little bit about him still. Um, and and yeah, Arsenal just just never got going in the game. Uh, you can't blame the conditions when it's Premier League pitch. Even though obviously the the rain was lashing down, it was a little bit windy. But you can't blame that. And how Arsenal even got a point in the end. I still don't know, to be honest. So the big story after this one was goalkeepers. And mm. I quite, I don't know, I find it almost frustrating sometimes when the argument comes down to goalkeepers in this way because David Raya got a lot of stick over the past few weeks. That cross-slash-goal cross thing cross. from Mudrick went in because he was too far off his line. And then Robert Sanchez mm. just passed the ball to Declan Rice, and then he shot and scored. Still a good finish from Declan, though. Still got a lot of work to do there. See, this is my point here. There's the amount of criticism the goalkeeper will get versus the fact that, you know, people are going to make mistakes, even at the highest level. And I reckon if you watch a game of football, each goalkeeper will make at least three or four mistakes, but they won't be ones that lead to goals. And it just felt like in these games, they mm. just so happened to lead to goals. And that Declan Rice finish was great. It was like, oh. was it his first touch? He didn't take a touch. He just shot, didn't he, I think? Well, Man, either way, it was really accurate yeah. from quite far out. So, and in that split second moment, you know, people yeah, forget. feel he, unfortunate about that. Yeah, he didn't have 10 seconds to set himself and, and think, oh, can I pass to player in a better position he just had to go do I shoot or do I pass now and it was a brave decision but it was one that got Arsenal back in the game and I think then Chelsea obviously then played for the to try and hold out and it, it didn't work thanks to uh, Trossard's late goal yeah that was poor 
I'd say. I, can't, I can never remember who Chelsea's new right back is. Yeah, it was Gusto, who Gusto, lost his man that post. He was sleeping. Well, he saw him. He saw him yeah. and just didn't track him, I think. But goals then... at the back post. Yeah, if you're a young player, always make that run because you will, you'll get opportunities. I, I think it's a good game as a barometer of where we are in terms of the title race because hmm. Arsenal, hmm. they have to win this game if they're going to win the league, don't they? Or if they want to win the league. Well, well, yeah, you've always got to beat your rivals, but when you're two down, you're playing as rubbish as we were. You will, you will happily take a point against Chelsea. And this is a stronger Chelsea side than last season. They were pathetic last season. <laughs> They were. No, it, well, true, yeah. Not to put too fine a point on it. They were well, they rubbish. Were. They were uh, relegation contenders for at one point. I always <laughs> like it when a big team becomes a bit of a joke. As, oh, as yeah. a not a fan of a big team. Big fan of when well, that now, now we can look back at Arsenal and laugh about those years. But oh, yeah, it's great for you now. Now, you can go, yeah. now we're great again, so that's fine. But, but I don't know. you know, I think there'll be a few more twists and turns this year than there were last year. Liverpool are a lot better. Tottenham are a lot better. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. Villa are better. As an Arsenal fan, do we want to move on to Spurs? No, we don't. You? No, no. <laughs> well, you're also... I don't <laughs> think you even mentioned this bit at the start when I asked who do you support. You didn't mention Celtic, did you? But you're also a bit of a Celtic fan. Am, yeah. Well, obviously Spurs under Ange. Big Ange. How, how are we feeling about that? Well, I, I loved him. Uh, if he doesn't win a trophy at Tottenham, I still will love him. If he but, does win the trophy, if he wins the trophy, you'll hate him, presumably. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> well, the League Cup, maybe not hate. But he's allowed to win the League Cup. Well, he's not allowed, and then you'll but... like him a bit more. But if he, he wins, he the did whole a great family, job. He did a great job at Celtic. Can't it's be. amazing to watch Spurs. I don't know if you caught this game. Um, I've caught the goals. If not, you missed out because James Madison was all over the pitch. I, I'd say. Best signing oh. of the season so far. Mate, you, you were missing out on BBC Two, only Connect and, and University Challenge. So, you know? so you preferred not yeah. to watch Spurs dominate a game against yeah, Fulham for only Connect and University yeah, Challenge. Yeah, I did. Yeah, which you can get on catch up, by the way. I just thought <laughs> I'd say. So, because I reckon Spurs are the most exciting team to watch this season. They were brilliant. The midfield, the the way they won the ball back, the pressure, the just the way they play, it all feels so. Organised and yet them, also gung ho all at once. Well, for them, missed a few chances. Yeah, but you know that happens, doesn't it? But I, even if they scored them, I get the feeling Tottenham were no, really. Tottenham hard. only squeaked past Sheffield United, squeaked past Liverpool with nine Is, men. Only beat nine we're men. Trying to reduce the uh, quality of Tottenham being top Obviously. of the table here, I imagine. I imagine you would. But yeah, there's only nine James games Madison played. at one point was it like left back playing sweeping long balls up the pitch, and then he'd go into midfield and then pass all the way. Basically, everything was going through. It's oh. quite amazing to watch. I would have taken Madison at Arsenal before he moved Tottenham. Too fair before we got Erdegaard. Well, that's but true. Erdegaard is is better. Do you think? It's one of them things where James Madison at Leicester, he was sort of the main man, but somehow now he's at Spurs, he's stepped that off even more. It feels like he's just so on it. There's And Gareth Southgate will not pick him for the England squad. Well, he won't be starting. Well, he has to, surely. It's a bit like when Grealish was in fine form, wasn't playing in the Euros. Is the argument that Jude Bellingham takes up that position? I suppose that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, probably. And also, he's... Oh, he can't, but he's going to choose Jordan Henderson or Calvin Phillips, isn't he? He oh, can't, I but forward. he is. I look forward we look to forward that. to a defensive style of football against, uh, you know, Iran again or whoever we're 
who have we going to say? Iran in the Euros. Oh, not in the Euros, but... <laughs> that makes sense. Think about World Cup now, but yeah, on the Euros. Yes, OK. When we play well, North Macedonia again or whatever, you know what I mean? In any case, <laughs> Spurs, really exciting watch this season, and I uh, definitely recommend that you check them out next time. Even as a salty Arsenal fan, the way they play is just exciting, and therefore you should definitely watch. Uh, no. No? No, can't convince <laughs> you. Okay. We're saying that. Uh, hopefully I'll be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium soon, because the Arsenal women oh, are playing there in December, so hopefully I'll actually be able to... Go go and visit it also, for myself. I've got to say, even though on the TV I haven't been there, so I was just watching this on telly, it is, I've got to say, the most impressive stadium in England. Well, it was most recently built, so of course it's going to be. Yeah, but if you look at the other new-built stadiums, they all look like big soulless balls. Well, Whereas West Ham's like used to be a, is... you know, Olympic, you know, athletics track. So they've got an excuse. Yeah, but... <laughs> Still, I, I just think it looks really good, and unfortunately, it probably costs too much <laughs> to go there, which is, you know, the other side of the coin, I suppose. But hey ho, Tottenham, definitely look out for them. Right now, it's a bit of Kaiser Chiefs, I do believe. Ruby. <laughs> So little else occupying 
welcome back. The time is 17 minutes past six and you've just to Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs. Also a name of a football team in South Africa. There's your fun fact of the day. Uh, we're just speaking about Tottenham there. Uh, can they win the Premier League? It's a you know discussion point that has come up. They're scoring enough goals with this open style of football. Can they defensively hold out? They've still got to play Man City twice. You, you want Tottenham to not win the Premier League, well, obviously. I, I gather, through your Arsenal-based fan. I don't want anyone else to win the Premier League apart from but Arsenal. But if, if you're not a fan of Arsenal or one of the big six, surely it's the only team to be supporting. I mean, obviously the joke is, you know, when Leicester won the league, they came third in a two-horse race or whatever. But for most of the nation, I'd say Andrew Postacoglu seems like a lovely man who most people would quite enjoy seeing lift a trophy. Well, I, but I thought everyone liked um, laughing about Tottenham not winning the trophy, though. I think that's just Arsenal fans. No, I think that's pretty, a lot of fans. Or maybe I've just Chelsea always as well. been quite mm-hmm. partial to a bit of, you know, Tottenham anyway. I don't, I don't know why, I just quite like them. I don't know. But can they win the league, though? Yeah, I think so. I think, personally, if you look at the atmos going around the club at the minute, and especially the atmosphere last last night, last night, when they won, it felt like there's sort of that feeling there that they definitely can. It's just whether they get carried away with themselves. It's it's probably going to be very similar to Arsenal last season, isn't it? The first time in the world they're going to be in a title race. Can they handle the pressure? The fans obviously start dreaming. Mm. And any injuries Tottenham will pick up will probably be quite crucial, you, especially if they lose Madison or Son at the top end of the pitch. That's true. Uh, but then that's true of every team. But, like, yeah, if you look but... at Man City, the reason they lost so many is because they didn't have Rodri. And, you know, that's something that, if that didn't happen, would they be in the position they're in now or would they just still be top and coasting? Because, you know, he's the best player in the world in that position and they lost him for a bit. So that's just true of every team, isn't it? I suppose it's just how luck and bad yeah. luck works, isn't it? It is, yeah. Anyway, let's go to a, a different game now. One of the games at the uh, bottom end of the table, Bournemouth taking on Wolves. Yeah, so in the Monday Night Football, Gary O'Neill was on Sky Sports doing a bit of a very interesting a bit of punditry where he sort of talked through this game but also refused to say that he was annoyed because for those who aren't aware, Gary O'Neill, of course, was removed as Bournemouth's manager despite doing a really good job with them last season. Bournemouth brought in Andoni Iraola, the former athletic Bilbao boss, I want to say. Is that right? Definitely in Spain. Anyway, let's go with that. And it's not gone well to put a fine... I I think if the Bournemouth chairman, Bournemouth board, could turn back time, as Cher famously says, I think they would would still have Gary O'Neill in charge. Yeah, certainly. And if you look at Wolves, they actually look pretty impressive as an outfit. So... Well, they're structured. They know what they're doing. And they don't score many goals, but they scored enough goals. And they're, they're competitive, and, and Bournemouth have put in some, well, poor performances, say the least. They didn't even compete with Arsenal a few weeks ago, like, didn't even their glove on them. Like, even if you're at the bottom end of the table, you at least want to, you know, test a goalkeeper, put a challenge in it. They didn't do any of that, and they, at this moment in time, are, are going down. I heard some rumours today that the manager might be on his, on his, his way, way out. Well, I'm it's not one surprised. of them where it was a risk to bring him in. And try and be all, oh, we're better than you, Gary O'Neill. Uh, turns out, no. 
it's just this weird pressure sometimes where you've got a English boss and you feel a bit like, oh, well, maybe maybe actually it's more ambitious to go for someone else and mm. they've gone for someone a bit more ambitious from abroad and it's just not worked at all. No. And if at the start of the, this season you said the bottom three are Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton, that's what everyone is expecting here. But Bournemouth floated down into that. Maybe you could say even Everton might be floating mm. around there. But for Bournemouth to be so solidly second bottom on three points after, what, nine games, it's, it's not going well for them at all. Yeah. Winless after nine games, they and Sheffield United, that is, uh, that's embarrassing, really. You expect that from Sheffield United, because if you look at the personnel they've got mm. there, they're just True. not good enough. Whereas at Bournemouth, obviously they seem like they could be good enough mm. to stay up. They were like they mid-table, were weren't they, last season? They well, were yeah. competing. After struggling yeah. at the start, someone managed them. To do quite well, I seem to remember. Whoever that was, I don't... Oh, yes, it's the guy who manages Wolves now and is actually doing uh, decently well with them. Wolves in 12th, of course, on 11 points after nine games. So, far better. It's a massive game for Bournemouth next week at home to to Burnley. Well, I always feel that these kind of games, especially this early in the season, can be a bit of a stinker. Because it always feels like... Neither side will want to lose, will they? So, so it's going to be yeah. rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> but, but then again, where do you see the points come from? You, you also got to think we've got to go out and get the win, especially Bournemouth. Burnley have at least won a game. You know what would be amazing? If the table stays as it is now, Luton are staying up. Incredible. I'd be so happy for them. And I think they've at least got an identity. They, they play direct. They've got a structure. And the only thing that's really keeping them from not getting any points is just they just don't have that, that quality in the final third. Well, I mean, if you look at identity, Burnley had an amazing identity in the championship. The way they played was so solid, so you knew what they were going to yeah. do to teams. But, it, but as soon as you go yeah. off, it doesn't translate, does it? No, it's harder to play that attractive football in the Premier League compared to the championship. And, and direct football can, can pretty much work in, in any league, can't it? But if you look at Vincent Company and say what an amazing job he did with them last season... Do you think the way they're doing this season is that could actually be put down to his fault? Yeah. And you have to criticise that beyond mm. the fact that yeah, people go, yeah. oh, company did such a great job last season. He's well, under they're pressure. sitting in the bottom three. Is that pressure there? I don't, I don't know. Like you say, with Bournemouth, they're definitely... He's probably pressure. got a bit of credit in the bank for the way he obviously brought them up, but they need, they need results at the end of the day. I think there's a mini-league. There's like two halves this league in the Premier League season. If we look at the table now, 11th Crystal Palace, every team below them, I think, could, could get relegated. Wolves, Fulham, Brentford, Forest, Everton, Luton, Burnley, Bournemouth. And that's Sheffield like a mini-league, isn't it? Try and win your games against those teams. I mean, the top 10, as it is... Chelsea in 10th there. Could get sucked in. <laughs> could. No, as previously discussed, they're definitely going to shoot up the table. They're going to stay up for another season. <laughs> Just about, by like the skin of their teeth. It's just like Everton always seem to manage to scrape oh. in there at the last. They're definitely going to going to keep going there. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one with the relegation fight because when Stoke were getting relegated, I hate to bring it back to Stoke, but, you know, you've got to do these things. 
when they were going to be relegated, it felt like something that was always coming and it sort of felt resigned to that fact. But then if you actually looked at the end of the season, we only finished one point off the people above us. So it wasn't like it was an yeah. impossible task. But once you resigned yourself to that fact, then it feels like you're definitely going down. So for that reason, I'm going to say Sheffield United <laughs> are 100% oh, well. being relegated. As for Burnley, Bournemouth, Luton and Everton and so on, Let's see, I suppose. Uh, but talking about Stoke there getting relegated, if only I could turn back time. Here's a bit of shit.
Phantom Radio. Live from Caddleston Road. And welcome back to Phantom Radio. It's 27 minutes to 7 here. And we are going to do a little thing 
that we did last week. We're going to do every week called On This Day. Today, the 24th of October. It's a big day, and as you can tell, fans of football here on the uh, Phantom Radio Sports Show. And on this day, in 1857, football began, let's say. That's how we're going to phrase it. Football began, because... The Pioneers, the club of Pioneers, Sheffield FC was formed. And uh, a massive thing. <laughs> yes. Ever heard of Sheffield FC, Kieran? I, I have, and and you, you work for them, don't you? I, I do indeed. I do their men's media coverage. Uh, but I have, uh, you know, had that on. It's very strange, really, because as a club, they are... And they say everyone mm. should love their grandparents, their grandfather... Football's grandfather is Sheffield FC, and oh. even though they are in the lower tiers of the pyramid, they're still going strong. After uh, Nathaniel Creswick and William Prest met up all those years ago in 1857, 166 years ago to be wow. precise, still going strong, no matter the fact that they're not professional, obviously, because they're not in the professional leagues. But a lot of people get this wrong, which is quite funny, because... I logged into their Twitter and I see it's like X. And I see many people tweeting about how angry they are about the fact that, you know, Manchester United could barely compete against at Sheffield FC this weekend. But obviously <laughs> they mean Sheffield United, not Sheffield FC. Oh. But Sheffield FC, definitely massive club to note. The pioneers yeah. of football. You've got to go and see them sometime. I feel like Do, it's an experience, yeah. a sabbatical that everyone who's a football it's fan a local game should as well. take. It's in Johnfield, based in Johnfield, the home of football, is what it's called. Oh. I know, not, not they don't want to tell you that they are where football began, but the home of football stadium, it's definitely worth travelling to. Like I say, it should be a sabbatical for any football oh. fan who wants to go and yeah. see where it all began. Do they have like a blue plaque on their ground? Uh, the ground they play at is not specifically the one that that club started in, okay. but... Um, but there's a lot of things to see there. There's cups like the Uden Cup, which I believe was between Hallam FC and Sheffield FC, who are the first two football clubs who both competed for that cup. You can see that kind of history there. It's yeah. very fascinating. I'd definitely go and give them a visit if I were oh, you. Definitely should then. And, and maybe when they get 200... Or big landmarks should be a big centenary game against Sheffield United or Wednesday. Yeah, or that'd know, be cool, wouldn't it? Premier League champion. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they'd absolutely <laughs> bad to them. But who knows? They have also played against various other teams, like uh, in pre-season friendlies, and also they reach out to various clubs who are the pioneers in their own country. Because of course, England isn't the only place that plays football. I know a lot of people forget about this. Sometimes, but say Genoa in Italy are the first club in Italy, so they'll reach out to them and they're all part of this club of pioneers. So it's really wow. good to see the heritage of football and where it began. And Sheffield FC, on this day, effectively began football. Wow, that is, that is brilliant. Thanks for that info, Alfie. Now, let's, uh, special birthday today, Wayne Rooney. It's Wayne Rooney's birthday. Yeah, do you have any fond memories of Wayne? Do you have any fond memories of Wayne? I mean, I suppose, uh, no, because unfortunately, as a Stoke fan, it felt like he always seemed to terrorise us when we first got up to the Premier League. So, not in that sense, but as a sort of figure in football, he's certainly an interesting one, isn't he? Yeah, well, 
all I've seen today on social media is that goal we scored for Everton against Arsenal when he, uh, as Michael Richard would put it, burst onto the scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just every year. <laughs> but no, great player. Great player. And he's now taking the Birmingham City job. Yeah, quite an interesting one. I don't know whether we touched on this in the past. We probably should have, really, because it's mm. quite an interesting topic. Yeah, uh, thing Wayne's career because he's gone from Derby here, where he did mm. a fantastic job in incredibly. He's different got a lot of credibility here. I'd say yeah. so. I think did he end up paying, forking out for the players' wages? At he some did a lot for when the he club. got quite difficult. Yeah. So in Derby itself, he's got a, a name that's you know held in quite high regard but I don't think he did that good a job at DC United so I don't really understand the appointment beyond it being a bit pr Yeah and Birmingham were doing well they're just outside the playoffs and I don't know why they sat their manager They sat John Eustace former Stoke player what a man (laughs) Uh, even though like you said they were doing well it's something they've done before of course, when they sat Gary Rowett and they were seventh in the championship, doing well. Then they brought in Gianfranco Zola and end mm. up a, slightly nearer to the uh, relegation <laughs> zone, let's say, than maybe they would yeah. have liked to. So a risky appointment nonetheless. Um, but let's see how mm. it goes, shall I, we? I don't see Birmingham getting to, into the playoffs, and so they, they lost old, 1-0 to Middlesbrough at the weekend. So that's How a, old is Wayne at the minute today? Ooh, shall I have a guess? Go on then. How's Wayne Rooney? See, it's one of them where I think thirty-nine. He's oh, well done. One year out. Ah, oh, as Ken, Ken Bruce, Bruce. Would say, you're one year out there. You get a one year out T-shirt for that. <laughs> oh, That's thank a, you. That thank is the worst you. ever Ken Bruce impression of. Can I have a mug and a signed one. photograph as well, please? Wow, where is you from there? This is why I don't do accents. <laughs> Can I have mug and a signed photograph, please? Uh, yes, Wayne Rooney, 38 years old. You know, when he played, and, you know, not to slight the guy, but he looked like he was always 38. <laughs> he, he didn't. He never looked 20, yeah. did he? I don't think. Yeah, he's, he's had quite a transformation. He looks... Older than he well, I remember seeing a picture on uh, X or Twitter or whatever oh, it was called. Just call it Twitter. I'll call it Twitter. Yeah. Uh, of a few managers after they'd managed Derby County for 18 months. And uh, Wayne Rooney was on one side looking wonderfully young and on the other side he ended up with a big bushy beard and looking all a bit weathered by the whole experience. So maybe that's what's done it for him. But... Yeah, an interesting one that he's gone into Birmingham, considering his record at uh, at DC United. But I suppose we'll yeah. we'll see how that goes because we'll he's see. definitely. We'll keep you updated on that as well here on Phantom Radio. So we're talking again on this day, twenty oh, to seven one. here on Phantom Radio. It, the tw- it's definitely on the twenty fourth of October. This one, yeah, it's to do with your club Arsenal. It is. Take it, it away. It, well, yeah, it. They lost their forty nine game unbeaten run at Old Trafford on this day and it was a quite an eventful occasion obviously because obviously the the emotions running through that rivalry let alone United wanting to to beat Arsenal and and put an end to their run and Arsenal would have got to 50 games that would have been that would have been incredible I, I don't think we'll see anything like this in the Premier League again the you know so competitive now anyone could beat anyone I just don't think we'll ever see another unbeaten season. Well, as a Stoke fan who has never seen Stoke for the past, what, three years, I haven't seen Stoke win two games in a row. 
I don't think. Uh, uh, quite envious of being in that position to win 49 games in a row. So, you know, well, not win, but go unbeaten yeah. for 49 games in a row. I, I can't recall Stoke managing four in a row, never mind 40. So, you know, it's a privilege that you experience oh, that as a, a club. gold trophy as well. Who's got that? No one else. Wow. The wow. great Arsene Wenger. Oh, God, I don't know if I can be bothered to think about Arsenal. <laughs> As a Stoke fan, I feel much annoyance at the idea that Arsenal hold that record. You beat us quite a few times at your we place. We did, exactly. So I, I'm just going to think about that while you think about that unbeatable season. I'll think about other things. Maybe, like, moving to New York. Here's the Wombats.
the Wombats there with Moving to New York on Phantom Radio. It's 14 minutes to seven. And we're going to have a little conversation about the Champions League in a minute. Uh, Man United face Copenhagen tonight. Uh, but first, talking about this game, I think we must mm. reference uh, the very sad death of Bobby Charlton during uh, this week yes. at the age of 86. Uh, thoughts on Bobby? Oh, uh, well, obviously we weren't around when Bobby played, but we've seen all the YouTube clips, we've heard about him, we've seen the tributes pour in, and, and what a player. And he's helped England win their only World Cup, and that alone, let alone the other achievements he's done in the game, is, is incredible. From a sort of a point of people our age, I, I always mm. wonder about people who we've never seen play football, but are just obviously so synonymous with... yeah. England and English football and sort of the whole cultural landscape. Um, it just feels like a massive thing that's always been there, the fact that we yeah. won in 66. However much you sort of care or don't care about that achievement because we weren't there, it just always seems to loom large and is uh, definitely sad to have lost uh, uh, yeah. one of the main proponents of that achievement. Uh, with only one player left on that squad, of course, Jeff Hurst. Wow, only one now? Yes, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Um, I know, uh, time does pass, yeah. unfortunately. Well, it's a big loss then, happen, isn't it? But yeah. In terms of Bobby Charlton's life, not uneventful, let's say, because, of course, he was in the uh, in the in on the plane during the Munich air disaster, and he was a crucial part of building Man United back up from there, and what a fantastic job he did of that, by the way. It's... Yeah, very interesting life, well led, and as you said, the tributes certainly show uh, mm. how much of a revered character he was. And uh, yes, I'm sure more tributes will pour in, and they will do a good job of that tonight when Man United face Copenhagen at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's going to be an emotional night, isn't it? Um, and they will want to get that that win for Bobby, and they did it the weekend, and they want to do tonight, and. Uh, Speaking of the game, they pretty much have to win. They're, they're pointless in the group. They've got Bayern Munich still one more left to play. They've got to go away to Galatasaray. That's a hostile atmosphere. They're, they've got to win tonight. They've got to win both the games against Copenhagen, don't they? Well, well it's an through. interesting group, this. Of course, Bayern Munich and Galatasaray in the top mm. two spots currently playing, and it's one all. Oh. Uh, so Bayern, top of the table on seven points as it stands. Galatasaray second with five. They call for against Copenhagen tonight, who are on one point in third spot. But Man United have yet to register a point, which... Maybe a bit of panic stations, but against a team mm. like Copenhagen, you would hope that they'd well, be they should be winning that point. game, shouldn't they? Especially at home and with the, the night it's going to be, the fans will surely get right behind the team, won't they? Yeah, the... you'd hope so. You'd hope I so. mean, yeah. Old Trafford has been one of them places over the past few years where if something goes wrong, and again, I hate to mention this, don't get out, something I've experienced yeah. where a ground just becomes, because of what's happened recently, like in the past few years, where the atmosphere can change on a dime <laughs> and it suddenly becomes the most toxic place in the world. Now, you would hope, due to the circumstances we've just mentioned, that maybe tonight is not one of those times when that happens and they actually sort of yeah. lift up <laughs> the atmosphere and really take them on. Although saying that, if United lose tonight and are still on, or even draw, to be fair, and 
they're, they're still in a precarious position in the group and the pressure has been slightly on Ten Hag this season with results not and performances not not great. I, I've got to be honest, I've not been impressed with him no. at all, I don't think. Not this season. Some people, obviously towards the end of last season, uh, a lot of people defending him and they did look better than previously. But it's mm. weird because maybe it's just because the expectation was this man who... You know, he's going to come in and revolutionise all of our problems and we're going to look like a world-class team who can compete for titles again. But they're not that, put it that way. Yeah. And I've just not been that impressed with him overall. I mean, oh. if you want to get into the whole handling of various wild situations that Man United have been in, from the Mason Greenwood a... scenario to, you know, the whole ownership there's a situation. fiasco around the corner there every every time you put the news on. <laughs> but I, I just never feel like he comes out of it looking well no. on the other side of it because, of course, apparently he wanted Mason Greenwood. And, you know, I, I don't well, know. I just I just feel... It's not um, a good look to have, is it? <laughs> no, I, I feel it doesn't look great. And the football hasn't been oh, incredible. Only just either. squeaked past Brentford at home and Sheffield United away. And we've just talked about Sheffield United. How, how bad they are. Yeah, we said how terrible you know. they are multiple times, but Man United yeah. nearly fell at that hurdle. And there's a team that apparently now wants to be competing for, uh, you know, titles again. Yeah. Apparently. Well, they're not doing very well in the Champions League. They're not doing all that well in the league, I'd say. So no. Not all that impressed. Well, I don't, we'll think they, I don't think they're going to get top four, are they? Not a minute. No, I, think I would even, say so. I think even Aston Villa are better. Villa look really impressive. Yeah. United they look not great on that yesterday. level at all. I, d- mm. I don't know. But there's this thing about, you know, pressure. Because if you think about Man United, it's like a cauldron of pressure, isn't it, really? Uh, so, I don't yeah. know. I presume Villa don't have that pressure on them and the fans are just enjoying the ride at the minute, aren't they? Well, I would, certainly. Yeah. It seems like a ride that yeah. I'd enjoy. And they're not just winning on. games. They're, they're playing really nice football, fast-attacking football, and Ollie Watkins is on fire and surely got a... Well, he's got to be in that England squad. Indeed. Backup striker to Harry Kane. Yeah. Is that what I was saying? He got is? to be. Yeah. In my opinion. So, also in the Champions League tonight, a team that we never shut off about, apparently, because you're a fan of them. <laughs> I do not yeah, like The greatest Arsenal. team. Yeah, Sevilla, the greatest team. That I, no, no. Arsenal are playing against Sevilla tonight. Arsenal second in their mm. um, group, Group B yeah. in the Champions League. Of course, they. Did they draw against Lons? We we lost. Lost. Lons. I thought so. I um, thought it was a bad. Result. Yeah, which is a bad. Yeah, definitely a bad result. And I think they need something tonight in Sevilla because they they want to top that group and they should be topping that group. Well, Sevilla currently in third, which is, of course the position where they could go into the favourite tournament oh, of Sevilla. Well, they the love Europa that tournament, League. don't they? They win it <laughs> seemingly quite Every often. Year. <laughs> so you know, let's see, shall we? That will be quite interesting. How? Confident are you about Arsenal in Europe as compared to in the league? We we haven't seemed to have done very well in Europe since Mikel Arteta came in. We saw last season we didn't didn't get very far in the Europa League at all. We lost to Sport in Lisbon, and well, I saw the bookmakers before the Champions League even started that we were like four favourites or something. I'm thinking, whoa, we haven't been in the Champions League for years, and but we have got a good enough squad that quarterfinals. It is probably not out of our reach, and then anything beyond that is 
I brilliant, seem to I remember quarterfinals very much being where Arsenal ended up, especially well, yeah. towards the end of Wenger's reign, yeah. whether it be Europa or Champions League. So, hey, maybe you could strive for a bit more than that, because I think, yeah. you know, your players like Declan Rice, those calibre players that they've brought in over the summer, seem to boost we got, them up. We do have a chance of winning it, but I think at this present moment, they're probably better teams in Europe. Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, Man City... Even PSG and Barcelona might have something to say as well. Well, Newcastle. Well, they did. They did thrash PSG, didn't they? So yeah, they were incredibly yeah. impressive. So, yeah. I mean, as much as Wu saying that fact, they were very impressive. But I guess we'll just have to see, shall we? Um, yes. Okay. Let's uh, hope. Well, I'm hoping Sevilla are going to win, obviously, because no. it's just funny seeing Arsenal fail. But in any case. He's the
and that was The Killers There with Somebody Told Me. And uh, somebody told me that we're getting quite near to the end of the show with oh. two minutes to seven here. So we must say goodbye. It's been a great show, week. though. It has indeed. Uh, we Well, uh, have had fun. Yeah, let's see how things pan out in the world of football. And also, if if you have anything that you may want to say to us over this week, then you can contact us on uh, our social media. I'm at Alfie Dickin. Uh, I'm at Kieran Mori. And if you want to pester us about anything we got wrong during the show, then do feel free. Uh, but yes, we'll see you next week mm. when we talk more sport and uh, maybe we'll have some interesting things to tell you. We'll do a quiz. I'm going to put it out there oh. and put pressure on ourselves now. We can do a quiz next week. I'm Come so for the sports already. quiz. <laughs> Good night. Indeed you are. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. Broadcasting across campus and online. This is Phantom Radio. Ladies.